three, two, one, blast off. In this episode, I want to talk about rockets and in particular ULA's Vulcan Centaur and its launch on January 8th and why this is so important for those of us watching what's happening in space right now. Hello and welcome to episode 415 of the Dan York Report. And I want to talk about rockets because if you've been watching me or listening to me, hearing me, reading my writing for the last couple of years, you'll know that one thing I've been very focused on is low earth orbit satellites or LEOs and how they can be used for internet access. In my day job at the Internet Society, back in 2022, we developed a report, which actually you can get at www.internetsociety.org slash LEOs, L-E-O-S. And it looked at how are these systems coming about that are being used for delivering internet access to people who don't have other options? About a third of the world is still not connected to the internet. How can these systems be used to help connect the unconnected? And the big system you hear about, of course, is SpaceX's Starlink, which has a a constellation, currently 5,000 satellites, maybe growing to 30, depending upon different things, larger discussion there. There's OneWeb, which is now owned by Eutelsat, which is coming online soon. And there's Amazon's Project Kuiper, which is looking to go and launch a similar kind of mesh of satellites. There's a bunch of other players out there. There's a Chinese network, and there's a lot more going on in that space. But I'm not here to talk about LEOs and using those for internet access. I want to talk about rockets. Because in the past year or so, when people have asked me, what's the biggest barrier to getting these systems in operation for for internet access. I've said, you know, in all honesty, it's not creating the satellites or the antennas, the terminal units. It's actually not even getting the regulatory approvals, although that is a huge hurdle. The biggest issue most of these folks are having right now is getting the satellites up into space, in, unless you're a company called SpaceX. But everybody else, the big issue is it's a challenge to get the satellites launched up into space. And this comes to the fact that we have, we're at a very odd spot where the Western world anyway, is really reliant on a single company, SpaceX, to consistently and reliably deliver satellites up into space. SpaceX is an amazing company. They've, they've really revolutionized the launch industry and they're, de- they're delivering in a consistent cadence that is incredibly remarkable. Okay, they've wound up with being with 98 rocket launches in all of 2023. All right, 98. Now, two of those were Starship launches. There were test launches and they blew up and, and all of that. But 96 were, um, were Falcon launches, Falcon 9s, Falcon Heavies. 96 launches. If you step back a second and look at that, that's almost two a week, all right? That's an incredible cadence. And and all of those rockets have succeeded. They've all launched their payloads up into orbit. They've all, it's, it's just, it's remarkable, all right? Nobody else even touches that, even comes close to that. Now, why? We've had a whole history of other launch providers. What's going on? So I wrote about this a bit in my, News, my email newsletter called A View from the Crow's Nest, which looks kind of out at the horizon. If you think about climbing up into the crow's nest on top of an old sailing ship 
and looking out at the horizon for icebergs or opportunities. That's what I try to do in this newsletter. And you can actually subscribe if you go to crowsnest.danyork.com. You can subscribe there. And I send it out kind of shooting for weekly at this point in time. But in my November 3rd issue, I talked about the global choke point where SpaceX is the only consistent launch provider. And let's step back a little bit and think about why. Historically, when you look at launches, again, I'm coming at this from a U.S. European perspective. All right. There have been a couple of major providers. There's here in the U.S., there's United Launch Alliance or ULA, which was formed in 2006 as a merger of the rocket assets of both Lockheed Martin and Boeing. Okay, Lockheed and Boeing came together, created a baby called ULA and put all the rocket assets in there. All right, that is ULA. It has the Atlas rockets from Lockheed, the Delta rockets from Boeing, and that's what they've been launching. And for a significant period of time, they had basically a monopoly on launches for the U.S. government, for the military, for NASA, also for many other commercial providers, getting you know payloads up into geostationary orbit, all the way up at 36,000 uh, kilometers away from Earth, or you know into low Earth orbit, which is up to about 2,000, and even into the medium Earth orbit, which is everything in between 2,000 and 36,000. All right, that's what ULA did for so many years was they provided that launch capacity. They did that. That was what they did. Well, over in Europe, a similar company, Ariane Space, was launching for primarily European governments, many others. They've been launching for a long time with their Ariane rockets. They've had their Ariane 5 for a good number of years. That's all been going on. Well, both of these companies and others were threatened by SpaceX, all right? SpaceX came along and started to say, we'll, you know, we'll launch at a much greater, a much lesser cost, all right? And we'll launch, we'll launch more consistently, we'll do all this. And they started to build the Falcon, the Falcon 9, as this workhorse rocket that would go and do all of these, this consistent launching as it would. And, and the companies were threatened, of course, because SpaceX came along and really disrupted things, especially when SpaceX got into reusability and they're able to reuse their rocket, you know, the, the, the boosters, et cetera. That's just amazing, you know, and, and SpaceX, you know, we all owe a huge amount of gratitude to for all they've done to cho- totally revolutionize this launch business and everything that's been going on. So starting back in 2014, ULA started to work on what they called their Vulcan rocket. All right. Now, the goal was to have that ready by 2019 to be able to be price competitive or closer to SpaceX. It's now 2024, right? The Vulcan was delayed, delayed, delayed. You know, they were testing different parts. Things weren't working right. They had to go test, do more, do this, do that. Delay, 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 delay. It was supposed to launch even back in December of 2023. Even like at one point, the launch time was on Christmas Eve, if I have the numbers correct. Okay. It just didn't launch until January 8th when it did launch successfully. And we'll come back to that. But that was what's been going on is in the meantime, of course, they ran out of their Delta and Atlas rockets or they have a few left that are targeted for specific launches held in reserve for different stuff. Okay. But they can't really launch for 
the government, the U.S. government, or for other commercial vendors or clients or anybody else right there. Okay, they're just out of rockets. Same thing happened in Europe where Ariane Space said, you know, we need a more competitive rocket that will compete with SpaceX, et cetera. So we're going to develop the Ariane 6. Interestingly, according to what I've seen, they also started in 2014. And here we are in 2024. The Ariane 6 still hasn't launched. All right. And they've kind of run out of Ariane 5s. So Ariane Space can't even launch because they don't have a launch vehicle. They're hoping to launch by the end of 2024 with the Ariane 6, but there's no guarantees around that, of course. So into all of this, you've got this pause. The other, of course, major player that Western companies used to use was Roscosmos out of Russia with their Soyuz rockets. But, you know, when Russia invaded Ukraine, eh, nobody really wanted to play with them anymore. And also they couldn't legally, you know, sanctions and all of this. And so Roscosmos was pulled off the playing field as well. Now, there are a whole bunch of other launch providers that are out there in different forms. India's space agency, ISRO, has been launching a number of rockets that are there. Japan's space agency, JAXA, is launching. Um, There's a couple of other different startups that are doing things. Rocket Labs is one of them. Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin has been launching its suborbital New Shepard. But there's not you know, no, none of those players is launching consistently and they're all not quite there yet. The big player that's expected is, is Blue Origin's New Glenn rocket, which will be another rocket that will launch things into, into Leo's, Mio's, Geo's, all that kind of stuff. It'll be able to launch up in there, but it hasn't flown either. So in the meantime, you have SpaceX, who has remarkably just completed 98 launches in 2023. They're aiming for 150 in in 2024. That's just a crazy pace that they're going to be able to go and launch these things. Now, they will launch for anybody who pays them in different forms. They have launched competitors to Starlink. They've launched a number of OneWeb satellites after OneWeb was originally going to have those go up on a Soyuz, they wound up having those rockets go up uh, by India's ISRO and also by by SpaceX that got them up there. Uh, Amazon, for their project Kuiper, basically because, you know, Amazon is Jeff Bezos' thing, SpaceX is Elon Musk's, Amazon went out and, you know, locked up launch capacity on everybody except SpaceX. They they did 80-plus launches on ULA, Ariane Space, and Blue Origin, okay, over the next several years. They'd locked all that up because they have some certain constraints, which they have to get a certain 3,000 satellites up into space by a certain amount of time. It's it's a larger picture of things. So they were going and doing that. But again, ULA hasn't launched until January 8th. Ariane Space 6 is still waiting. Blue Origin's still waiting. And in fact, Amazon has just recently announced that they are going to, they've signed a contract to launch some of their Project Kuiper satellites with SpaceX in 2025 because they've got to get them up there in some way. And SpaceX is this, the only person, the only company that is launching consistently at this cadence. So let's come back to January 8th, the launch that happened for ULA's, um, for ULA's Vulcan Centaur. 
The important part here was that it succeeded. It launched. Everything went fine. The payload that it, it, tra it carried up with it was launched into the appropriate orbit. Uh, everything worked great. So they have one launch down. Now, if you've been paying attention to space, you'll note that the Peregrine moon lander was that payload. And while the rocket launched it on its way to the moon where it was going to land, um, it had malfunctions. It had, uh, well, anomalies, as they say in the space industry, but it had a propellant link. It's not able to go and actually land on the moon. The word this past weekend is that, in fact, it's going to go and, and uh, orbit back into Earth and, and burn up in the upper atmosphere. So, you know, that's the failure of the payload, but the rocket succeeded in getting it up there. Now, the question is, can they do it again and again and again? Can ULA get to where they are successfully, reliably launching rockets on a consistent basis? You know, that will be the sign that we actually get to. So we, want, we need to see the second launch, third, fourth, fifth, all of that. They've... Um, Apparently, from what we saw back in the time of this, they've booked six launches in 2024. Six, okay. Now, again, in contrast, SpaceX is targeting 140 to 150 launches in, in 2024. So we'll see where this goes. Now, the other good news out of the launch was that it was the first launch of Blue Origin's BE-4 engine. Because to kind of go back, ULA was using engines that were coming from Roscosmos, Okay, and those engines were being used on for ULA's Vulcan Centaur. That was the plan. But, you know, the whole Ukraine invasion kind of put that on hold, and they need to come up with another provider of engines. Amazon's uh, Blue Origin, or Bezos's Blue Origin, not Amazon's, Bezos's Blue Origin, became the vendor that was providing the engine. So the successful launch was also a success for Blue Origin because it means their engine works, they can use it in their own new Glenn rocket, and and all is good. So... Again, a successful launch. It's exciting to see this kind of competition come into this space. Let's see what happens, how successful it really goes. The next couple of launches will tell the tale of whether this is really something that's going to be happening a lot or, or what's going to work. Anyway, that's the wrap for this episode. I will probably be talking more about rockets in space because it is one of my, well, it's been one of my passions since I was probably five years old in some level. So... If you're interested, let me know. Tell me what you think about this. Do you want to hear more about this? Or would you like me to go back to other topics or IPv6 or whatever else? I can also talk about that too. So I'd uh, love to hear your feedback. You can leave them at soundcloud.com slash danyork where this will be published or wherever you find this posted. You, If you want to reach out to me on social media, I am most often on Mastodon. And my address there is danyork at mastodon.social. I do have an account on Twitter. X, whatever we're calling it these days, but I don't go there that often anymore. You can, of course, just email me. One quick address is dan at danyork.org, and it will get to me. You can also find more of my audio and writing at danyork.me. If you found this uh, episode helpful or, or interesting, please uh, just let me know. I'd love to know that. And thanks to my youngest daughter for the intro and outro music. Thanks to all of you for listening. We have a choice of futures for our connected world, and we do need to choose wisely. And until next week, bye for now.